born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America and welcome to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And now more than ever, it is so important for you to get involved because those people that do not get involved will cause the demise. And remember, no involvement is the same as compliance. So if you agree with what is going on in America and what is going on in the world today and you do nothing about it, well, you're complying with it. The idea is that you learn the truth, which is what this show is all about, and then you apply it. Because I believe that applying knowledge is power. Having knowledge and not using it and not sharing it doesn't mean anything. So we have to get used to getting out of our comfort zone and take those steps to educate our legislators. I just went to a legislative meeting and discovered that our legislators did not know about 15-minute cities. So huh. this audience... Goodness. <laughs> yes, this audience is further superior to our legislators. Pick a topic learn about it, and then share it with your legislator, because that's the only way that they can represent you. If they don't know what you want, it makes it very hard for them to be mind readers and represent you. It's our job to direct them. And nothing is more important today than understanding that everything we're doing is connected. Everything we are doing it doesn't happen out of the sky all of a sudden. Nothing is random. Every single thing we're doing has a plan. And the sad part is all those plans are based on lies. And you know what happens if a plan is based on a lie? There's no solution because you can't create a solution for a lie. So it is very important that you learn the truth and that you share it. And I have asked David Sorensen, who created an incredible pyramid, with his, uh, which is on his website, but it's the worldwide criminal power structure. And once you understand that structure, it makes it easy for you to understand what's going on in Israel and how everyone is involved, including this administration, as they are giving money and arms to the Palestinians to go and start a war against Israel. Where do you think all those Afghani weapons wound up, folks? Well, don't be surprised, because as we said, everything is connected. David Sorensen, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell everyone about your website and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi, thank you for inviting me. So my website, stopworldcontrol.com, is set up to wake up humanity to the globalist agenda 
to establish worldwide tyranny. Um, that's basically what everything is about. They have an agenda to establish a one world government and their, their, uh, their plan is to set that up in Israel, in Jerusalem. That is the very reason why the Rothschilds who are at the head of this, this global yeah, satanic network, they are the ones who financed the rebuilding of Israel. And that's why they are doing everything. They want to have a one world government uh, with the seat in Jerusalem. They have no end to their evil to accomplish their goal. And remember, you will own nothing. We will own nothing and they will be happy. So they change the words a yeah. little bit because they'll be happy. We won't be happy. They'll be happy. And just listen to what Hillary said when she now wants to send all of the people that disagree. And those would be the people that believe in MAGA. Amer make America great again. How could you be against that? Well, yeah. they are. And this is the problem. So we are going to wind up in re-education camps. Boy, does that sound familiar. But David, you created a pyramid that's on your website, you know, stopworldcontrol.com, and you tied everything together. So I'd like you to share that with everyone, because it's so important that we understand that this is kind of like an octopus with tentacles out all over the place, touching everything. And and the head of the octopus, as you said, is the one world government. And yes. that is not what we are looking for in America or any place oh. else in the free world. Exactly. Yeah. So let me try to visualize this pyramid for the people who are listening. There are five basic levels. How do they control you and me? How do they control our families, our children, our neighbors? How do they control us so that we would go along with their agenda? So at the lowest level, we have methods, systems, structures in place to control the public, to control the population. Uh, part of this structure of control is law enforcement, a totally lawless and criminalized um, judiciary with judges that are totally corrupt and uh, unlawful taxes, taxes that are claimed to support a nation. But I would say that at least 90% of all taxes disappear in the pockets of the elites who are further up on this pyramid. And then you have the mainstream news media, education, entertainment, food industry, big pharma, etc., that keep the masses, the public, that's you and me, in confusion in a division amongst each other uh, unhealthily uh, tired and powerless and i can go into great detail how the news media is there to lie to everyone so that we, we would only hear their propaganda education is basically the same where the true history the true facts of about science and biology and uh, geography are all hidden and children uh, and students are being taught basically nothing but the exact opposite of what the truth and reality is. It's just lies, as you said. And then you have the entertainment industry, which is there to keep everybody stupid, to m make everybody very superficial, very silly in their mind, 
there's a food industry that keeps people unhealthy, that poisons us in our body and our brain so we can think clearly. The same goes with Big Pharma, which is basically an industry to uh, enslave humanity to um, drugs, etc., uh, etc. Et so this is the lowest level of control of humanity is law enforcement, uh, yeah, the corrupt judiciary, unlawful taxes, uh, mainstream news media, education, entertainment, food industry, big pharma, etc. So this is what we experience all day long, and most people don't realize this. The David, this is where they are also telling us that the world must be depopulated as well. And all exactly. of these things that you are talking about lead to that end. Because exactly. their, their goal is to shrink the population, not because of anything other than we're too hard to control when there's big numbers. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I want to say one thing also about law enforcement, because uh, especially in America, I've noticed that there is quite a number of law enforcement officers who mean well and who really think that they signed up to protect the people. I praise those guys, but as we all have seen in the innumerable videos from around the world during the pandemic, we saw that all over the world, law enforcement was all of a sudden instructed to beat up innocent law-abiding citizens because they were just peacefully expressing their longing for justice. Law enforcement has no no will or voice i mean the officers they have no say they have to do what they're being ordered and if their the commanders uh, are evil then they will tell the law enforcement officers to do anything even kill people who are innocent as we saw in many nations in africa in the philippines where the government instructed law enforcement to shoot people dead who were not complying with all the mandates and more people died in africa from uh, police violence than from the virus hillary clinton once said release the dogs in, in, in their mind law enforcement are their dogs that they set upon the people to keep them in check and it's very very typical to see that most law enforcement officers all they do all day long is just go after innocent people, make a little slip, you know, in traffic, uh, tiny violations that don't do any damage whatsoever, but they never, the same law enforcement officers, never ever go after the real criminals in our communities, the real criminals in our governments. Just to explain that, you know, many law enforcement officers, they mean well, and I am thankful for those, but uh, they have to understand that essentially they are, it's what Hillary Clinton said, that they are the dogs of the criminals that are being released on a, on a population when necessary. And I've seen many videos in the Netherlands where the police officers uh, with sticks and heavily armed, they just came down on elderly people, on children, and they beat them. I mean, they killed several of them and they beat them up uh, where they ended up in hospital and these people were doing nothing wrong, literally nothing unlawful. And it's the law enforcement that is becoming an extension of these criminals, just as the judiciary that is basically populated by criminals, where very, very few judges will ever 
rule righteous and just uh, because they can be bribed or they can be intimidated or blackmailed etc etc so we have a, a severe problem in our society where those are those entities that claim to be here for the people when push comes to shove they actually are on the side of the worst criminals imaginable and if we then go to the next level government the governments are basically here to keep the people powerless and dependent while creating the illusion of democracy and justice they pretend to care for the people while they use them as cash cows to enrich the higher levels of this pyramid which i will get to in a bit and i think that most people in your audience are fully aware of this how how governments have been infiltrated and hijacked by these criminal entities, uh, deep state, cabal. Uh, they have basically been subverted to become also extensions of high level criminals. And if we then go to level three, uh, this is where most people think that all the power lies, but it's still not true. But, you know, these are visible entities. So this is the third level of the pyramid, the banking imperiums, global corporations, and then globalist uh, organizations like the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, etc., etc. So they basically rule over the governments of the world. Uh, they control the lower levels of government and society um, through bribery you know we all know that most people in politics are very easily bribed this was recently confirmed by an employee of the investment corporation blackrock who uh, admitted on video to his girlfriend uh, who was actually an undercover journalist uh, but he, he didn't know that and she was recording everything and he admitted to her that they constantly bribe politicians and he said a senator is cheap you can buy them for ten thousand these global corporations and globalist organizations and banking imperiums they control the governments law enforcement judiciary through bribery then through blackmailing and mind control. So you have these three ways of controlling them. Um, blackmailing happens usually by making them complicit in child abuse. Uh, I have a vast evidence report about this on stopworldcontrol.com uh, slash abuse, where there are numerous documentaries and testimonies from people all over the world either surviving victims or eyewitnesses who came forward and also people yeah, from the gendarmerie from the police from cia from other secret services who all came forward to reveal this how people of influence are compromised by inviting them to join in sex parties where minors are involved and everything is recorded on video and then used for the entire life to blackmail them so they become puppets they have raped a child it's on video and it can be released at any moment the third way that the banking imperiums the global corporations and all these globalist organizations control governments and all people uh, that have influence in society is through mind control it is where they literally control what they what these people think and believe and we can see this for example lgbtqa 
plus you know they want to add the p for pedophilia to that movement and the whole transgender movement where it is you know the minds of people are so severely controlled that they think that it's good that school teachers and school directors think that it's good to have child rapists drag queens come into the classrooms and perform highly sexual dances uh, sexual acts with these little children they literally start to sexualize even toddlers hospital directors and and doctors and nurses and yeah again yeah schools all, all their personnel have just gone along with the incredible insanity of masking little children keeping them from you know from breathing fresh air which is extremely critical for the development of their brains you know inflicting terror on these children uh, through face masks and social distancing and you know li they're literally psychologically and emotionally uh, terrorizing these kids who are at no risk for COVID whatsoever. So this happens through mind control. This is the third level of the pyramid. So at the lowest level, we have society. Then we have the level above that is government. The level above that is the banking imperiums, global corporations, World Economic Forum, etc. And then we come to the two highest levels of the pyramid where the real power lies. And so the second level, uh, families, very, very, very wealthy and extremely diabolical bloodlines. Families from ancient bloodlines uh, who run operations for world domination through sovereign states like the city of London, Vatican City State. And they have set up and they use intelligence agencies like the CIA, MI6, and uh, Mossad from Israel to mind control the masses through, through the news media and government propaganda. So these intelligence agencies, they are the ones who basically run the mind control operation through news media and government propaganda and also through entertainment. And so these are families that um, go back sometimes thousands of years and there are very detailed documents about this that list all these families centuries ago several of these families were out in the open where they were basically ruling over the people from their high and lofty castles you can see that in europe very clearly where you had large and majestic castles all over the place where these families lived and all the people their region were their slaves essentially they had to work hard and pay taxes and they had no rights they had no freedom whatsoever this is how it was for centuries but then times changed the population grew and this is the reason why they want to decrease the population again because the increase of the human population made it impossible for them to maintain that level of power or that that method of enslaving people where they are visible so they had to come up with the illusion of democracy and elections where they moved to the backstage behind the scenes and they created the illusion for the ignorant masses that they are now in control as if these ancient bloodlines these families would ever give up their power of course not but they have moved to the back of the scene where they now control governments uh, from the shadows and so they are the shadow government and they are the ones who rig elections 
these families control the banks, they control the global corporations, they control the World Economic Forum, International Monetary Fund, the European Union, the United Nations, etc, etc, etc. These families control all these organizations, but they themselves stay behind the scenes. So then we come to the highest level of the pyramid, which is spiritual. The spiritual realm is basically basically where the real power lies and from innumerable documentaries and testimonies and uh, revelations and you know all kinds of evidence we know as a fact that the these families these ancient families are involved in numerous highly highly dark and evil practices if we look in history and for example you know I believe that m many people will understand is that in the scriptures, for example, there's also uh, details how uh, most ancient cultures were involved in human sacrifice to demon entities. This is also documented in post on our website where this a pyramid can be found, stopworldcontrol.com slash domination. So that's a, a report about the agenda for world domination. But all throughout ancient history, it was well known that children were burned alive uh, as a sacrifice to demon entities. People were burned alive, people were sacrificed, you know, in in South America, for example, yeah, the Aztecs and the Mayan Indians, they drugged their sacrifices and then cut open their chest while they were alive and then took out their beating heart and offered that to their demon gods. This is something that is embedded in the history of humanity. And it's something that God hates, hates deeply. And he always called people to stop doing that. When Christianity came into the nations of the earth, uh, the public practice, and I have to stress the word public, the public practice of, of human sacrifice and demon worship were abolished, but it moved into the shadows. These people didn't stop doing that. There are n numerous documentaries, um, Robin Harfouch. She was a, a very promising Hollywood actor and dancer in the 1980s. And she was sexually abused her entire youth. Uh, you know, she had an encounter with a guiding spirit who was sent by her grandmother who was involved in spiritism. Then she uh, was told that she had a mission to become a prophetess who would lead humanity to a new religion called New Age. Um, and she was invited to become a very, very famous Hollywood star. Uh, but she, she had to promise that she would use that a position to spread this new religion to humanity and she was invited to to partake in gatherings where the top of the entertainment and media industry were coming together and they listened to mediums who were channeling spirits and these spirits gave direct instructions to the top of media the top of entertainment what films they had to produce what messages they had to convey to humanity through entertainment and through media. And so her testimony is very powerful proof that these people are very, very spiritual. And then I have uh, several personal uh, letters from several people who don't know each other, uh, who all came out of the elites. And there's, for example, 
a man called Ronald Bernard, and he was uh, operating not at the highest level, but right underneath the highest level of this pyramid of power. Uh, and he was moving billions and probably trillions of dollars for these elites. David, what you are describing has not changed from ancient history till today. It's still going on right now. Well, it has changed in a way that it used to be public. I mean, uh, even a few centuries ago, people used to go to the marketplace on Saturdays to see people being tortured, people being beheaded, people being burned alive, uh, people being sacrificed. And so, as Christianity expanded, this was pushed into the shadows. So there, there is a victory uh, where it has been expelled from the public sphere, but now it has to be exposed from the shadow realms so that it can be dealt with there as well. Absolutely. David is an author, a filmmaker, an investigator, and a minister. So David, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time on our segment, but I would like you to come back. And now that we know what's going on, what can we do about it? Are we going to be stuck in this never-ending spiral where we're just going to continue to repeat over and over again the crimes of the past with the same people? Or will we be able to do something about it? So will you come back and help us get through what we can do about it? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, folks, you have been listening to Karen Schoen and David Sorensen, and this is the prism of America's education, where we are educating you with the truth. So now that you know who the players are, what can we do about it is going to be our next segment. Uh, and David will come back and explain. So it takes time to absorb all of this, but do the research, go to his website and learn who these people really are and what they have in store for us and what Hillary meant when she said, go to the re-education camp. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. And once again, it is so important that you get your kids out of these public schools, which are nothing other than indoctrination clinics. You don't want your children to grow up knowing nothing except evil. But you can go to our sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, click on the micro school and learn how you too can get your child out of public school and get them an education where they will actually learn and be able to grow with the skills that are necessary for them to have throughout their lives. But don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code 
out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I hope that you learned quite a bit from the hierarchy of those that ruled the world and how they're not going to stop until they have total control. And one of the things that has happened over the past week since this was Columbus Day, I looked and I saw that 36 statues of Columbus were obliterated. Now, when I was in school, I learned about Columbus and I learned about the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria and how Columbus discovered America. And wasn't that a wonderful thing? He discovered that the world was not flat and that has carried us through time until now. And now we hate, we're supposed to hate Columbus. So I have asked my favorite historian to come back and join me, Bill Federer, because if anybody knows why we're supposed to hate Columbus, Bill would know. So Bill, welcome back to the show and thank you so much. So why do we hate Columbus, Bill? What's wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, well, it's part of a concept called deconstruction where you separated people from their past by saying negative things about all their founders, and then the people are repulsed by them, and then you get them into a neutral where they can't remember where they came from, and then you brainwash them into the future you have planned for them. And so it's a sales technique. If I was a toothpaste salesman, the first thing I do is tell you negative things about the toothpaste you're currently using. You're still brushing with that stuff. Haven't you read it? It'll eat the enamel off your teeth. Ooh, you're repulsed by it. Now I have you in a neutral. You're open-minded. We're all the toothpaste out there. And then I give you my pitch for this brand new tartar controlled breath freshener toothpaste. So this drive new to reverse, this, this sales technique they use in the classroom. 
They tell the kids negative things about the founding fathers. They took land from Indians. They stole people into slavery. They were chauvinists. Ooh, the students were repulsed by them. Now you got the kids in a neutral. They're open-minded. Then you can give them your pitch for the LGBT trans or the socialism or Sharia Islam. And uh, and so Europe went through this with the French Revolution. They destroyed the past. Uh, even China did this during the Warring States period where you had um, – Emperor Quinchi Wangdi destroying all the bamboo annal records of previous Chinese dynasties because he didn't like being compared to how they did things in the past. And uh, when Islam would come into a country, they would destroy all the monuments and gravestones and museums and artwork. And so it's this idea that the conquering country always wants to destroy the history of the uh, country that they're taking over and to, to, um, uh, aid in the people surrendering and then assimilating into their new culture. And um, so we've just been experiencing that. But as far as Columbus goes, Europe traded with India and China. And Marco Polo, 1271, went from Venice, Italy, with his uh, father, Niccolo Polo, and his uncle, Matteo Polo. And they traveled 5,600 miles to meet Kublai Khan, grandson of Genghis Khan. They had... Uh, Marco Polo talked about the Chinese inventing gunpowder and the Chinese inventing paper currency and a pinata and a compass and a wheelbarrow and uh, gunpowder, all these different things. And the, he crossed India and talked about how India had indigo dye where you could dye things blue. And they um, had all kinds of stuff where, uh, you know, naked holy men and, uh, you know, the urine of a cow was holy and Marco Polo goes back to Europe and he is caught in a war between Venice and Genoa and he's captured, put in a jail in Genoa. And while he's there for a year, he tells his cellmate about his travels. And it's like Paul Bunyan's blue ox. Nobody believes it. And uh, it's called the uh, Il Milliones or the Million Lies. And so this was uh, hand copied because the printing press was not invented until two centuries later. So there were hand copied copies of this book. The Chinese invented um, spaghetti noodles. Uh, they in invented um, exotic herbs and spices and paper from tree pulp and paper currency and ice cream and eyeglasses and thread from worms, silkworms and porcelain dishes. We call it China. Wine from rice, uh, an asbestos material and women having their feet bound since childhood and then the Chinese uh, and the Mongols had a recurved bow and a Pony Express style postage system. And Columbus grows up in what city? Genoa. And so he is intimately familiar with Marco Polo. Matter of fact, Columbus carried with him a copy of Marco Polo's book. And when the Muslim Turks in 1453 cut off the land routes to get from Europe to India and China by sacking Constantinople, uh, Sultan Mehmet II, uh, it ended the land trade routes, the China Silk Road, the Gobi Desert, uh, the caravans. Uh, the, the Muslims had people called thugs, and it was a group of people that when a caravan was going across the China Silk Road, the Gobi Desert, uh, you'd have somebody join your uh, caravan. And at first, everybody's like, where'd that guy come from and who's he? And then after a couple of days, they go, well, I guess I guess he's okay. And they just get along with him. And then the next day, there's another one of these strangers it's like, where'd that guy come from? And it's like, at first you're a little skeptical, but then he sort of gets along. And so, and then another one and another one. And then they would wait until they were in a remote spot 
way out in the desert and at nighttime they would play music really loud and then they would point up in the sky like there was some star and then while the music's playing and the they would take their bandana off and strangle somebody and drag him away from the fire and and people would look around and say, what happened to Joe? It's like, I don't know. And they'd bury him in the desert. And they did this again and again till the entire caravan was killed. And then they would bury all the bodies so that the next caravan wouldn't see it. And, and so the idea you infiltrate unsuspecting uh, people and then, you, then you're like a sleeper cell. And then you all of a sudden come and you, you kill them. So, so the trade route, that was not ended until the British took over India. Governor General William Bentnick and Captain William Henry Sealman, and they got got rid of these thugs. That was their their name. So when the when the Muslims cut off trade east, that's when the Europeans began to look for a route west. The Portuguese were the ones who pioneered the high tech map making industry, and they began sailing around South Africa to get over to India. And they were finally successful in 1498 with Vasco da Gama. But in the meantime, Columbus approached the King of Portugal and he was not interested in a voyage going West. And he approached, uh, you know, even sent a message to the King of England, different Kings and nobody was interested. He finally got Queen Isabella to uh, think about this idea of a sea route to Indian China rather than a land route. Columbus, uh, between his third and fourth voyage, he wrote a, a book um, called Libro de las Proficias, Book of the Prophecies. And he went through the Bible and all the prophecies about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And Columbus writes, concerning the lands of India and a prince called the Grand Khan, how many times he sent to Rome seeking doctors in our holy faith, because uh, Kublai Khan was asking for that. And the Holy Father never provided them. Your Highnesses, as Catholic princes, um, enemies of the sect of Muhammad, and resolved to send me Christopher Columbus to said regions of India uh, to seek their conversion to our holy faith and ordained I should not go by land to the Orient, to the East, but by the Occident, which is the West, by which no one to this day knows for sure has anyone gone. And so October 10th of 1492, Columbus writes in his journal, it was the longest voyage ever out of the sight of land. Columbus was an expert at understanding trade winds and the dead reckoning sailing, which you were able to do without a um, compass because it was looking at the stars and tracking your direction. And, and so one of the interesting things is uh, Columbus made up story, Washington Irving, 1828, where he wrote a history of the life and voyages of Christopher Columbus. And Washington Irving gave us Rip Van Winkle, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but he creates this imaginative dialogue um, where the scholars are saying the earth was flat and Columbus said, no, the earth is round. Just look at a ship going over the horizon and seeing it, it disappears from the bottom first. And then it's, you know, if the earth was flat, you just see the whole thing shrinking in the distance. And basically all the scholars knew the earth was round. Um, even Aristotle into the 4th century BC and before him, Pythagoras in the 6th century BC, right about the earth being round. Uh, 3rd century BC, Ertos, Aristophanes, a little hard to say, Aristophanes, 3rd century BC, computed the circumference of the earth with amazing accuracy. This is amazing. 
this is third century BC. Wow. Uh, Aristophanes is in Aswan, Egypt, and there is a well that goes straight down into the earth, and it's well known on the summer solstice of June 21st, every every summer solstice, that well has no shadow on the sides of the of the well. That it's built in such a way that it's it's directly that over the sun, and yet in Alexandria, Egypt, on June twenty first, the summer solstice, there is a column that casts a seven point two degree degree angle. So here, one place zero shadow, another place seven point two degree angle, and seven point two degrees is one fiftieth of a three hundred sixty degree circle. And Aristophanes knew that Alexandria and Aswan were 500 miles from each other. So all he had to do was multiply 500 miles times 50, because 7.2 is, is the 150th of a, of a circle, and it equals 25,000 miles. He was just 99 miles off from the Earth's actual circumference of 24,901 miles. Here, third century BC, here's this Aristophanes, and he figures out that the Earth is 25,000 miles in circumference around. Uh, amazing. So everybody knew amazing. the Earth was round. That um, is amazing. That is amazing, and that is not taught now either. No, but, but the difference was the size of the Earth. So Aristophanes in Egypt, he had written in a mile that was shorter than a Roman mile. So you had different measurements, you know, like a in, in, in a cubits, you know, which was from the tip of your finger to your elbow. That was a cubit. But gee, different people have different size fingers and, and elbows. And so it was um, that. Was, but the Romans, the soldiers would march every 1000 steps. They would put a stone in the ground. And that was a 1000 step marker. And the Romans, when they marched, their average step was 5.28 feet. And so 1,000 times 5.28 is 5,280 feet. And so the word for thousand in Latin is mile, M-I-L-E. And so when we say mile, it's 1,000 steps that the Roman soldier would take. And uh, that's 5,280 feet. But the, the Arabic mile was a little bit longer. Uh, and that's what they had used in, in Egypt. And so when Columbus is calculating the, the, you know, the, the circumference of the earth, he had it would actually as, as uh, incorrectly at 19,000 miles round versus the 24,901 miles. And why is this important? Because if Columbus would have known that the earth was that much bigger, he never would have attempted a Western sea route. So, it's actually because he thought the earth was smaller in circumference. And then you had different reports of the uh, St. Brendan, who was an Irish monk. So the, uh, the Irish, after St. Patrick, sent missionaries out. And they would go down to the coast and get in a little dinghy boat. And wherever the wind blew them, they figured that was where the Holy Spirit wanted them to be a missionary. And so you had these Irish missionaries being blown to England and to Europe. And well, St. Brendan's was blown west. And nobody saw him for seven years. He finally comes back and he describes this land that sounds like Newfoundland and North America. And so Columbus heard about this land that may have been to the west. And then 1000 AD, you got Leif Erikson, and he's the, the Viking, and he's a, a Christian Viking, but 
he's accused of killing somebody. So he's banished uh, and he lives in Vinland or Newfoundland. Um, and uh, it's written about in the Nordic Grolinga saga. And then you had a Dominican friar in Milan named uh, Flama. And he wrote an essay and he talked about uh, Icelandic description of this far West land being wooded. And, and then obviously Columbus knew about Marco Polo. And, um, and then you had interesting accounts where the, after the crusades, there were some Swedes in the year 1362 and they sailed to Greenland and they possibly came to America. And there's the Kensington ruin stone. And this was found in somebody's field in, uh, in you know North America by the Great Lakes. And it was written uh, in Swedish script. And they think, well, how did, how did they get over here in 1362? Anyway, but none of those people capitalized on it. They didn't make it really known. They didn't. And, but Columbus kept hearing these. Um, and then there was even the Chinese. Uh, they had an emperor named Zhu Di, a Ming emperor. And he had an admiral, Zheng He. And in 1421, Zhu Di sent Zheng He with his treasure fleet. And they went east uh, around um, from China uh, over to Australia and then to south, up the coast of South America all the way north. And then they sent another one that went around Africa up to uh, the, the you know Mediterranean and then across to the Caribbean and, and came back. But his palace has been struck by lightning. And so when the Chinese thought that the emperor's rule by, by claiming a mandate from heaven and heaven destroyed this guy's Zudi's mansion. And so the Chinese said, well, whatever he did, we, we're going to do the opposite. And so that's when China entered an 800 year withdrawal period. They moved all their cities away from the coast and they didn't do any more exploring. Um, but the maps that uh, Zudi had supposedly made their way to the, um, the Arab world. And then from the Arab world, they made their way to the King of Portugal and then Columbus uh, may have seen these. So Columbus knew that there was land to the west. He just thought that the earth was uh, 5,000 miles smaller in diameter. And because of that, he Bill, failed to fail. You to mentioned, thinking, he, thinking he was going to China. Bill, you mentioned something that sparked something else here. When you were talking about the Muslims and how they infiltrated the caravans, and then got the people to like them and then began killing them reminds me of exactly what's going on today. So nothing has changed. They're doing exactly the same thing. The Hamas yeah. got the Israelis to accept them uh, over the last couple of years, telling them that they're not going to fight, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, they were digging tunnels underneath from Gaza to Israel and voila, they did exactly the same thing and infiltrated them in the middle of the night on a high holy day, Simchas Torah. And when the uh, Israelis were not aware and had done the same false ideology that they did thousands of years ago. So really nothing has changed, has it? No. Um, so I wrote a book on the history of Islam. It's called What Every American Needs to Know About the Quran, A History of Islam in the United States. And it examines uh, Muhammad as the, the DNA. And so Muhammad was a religious leader for 12 years in the pagan city of Mecca. He gets confrontational. They chase him out of town. 
And then he goes north to a Jewish city called Medina. And they're nice. They let Muhammad in as a Muslim refugee. And then Muhammad goes into the minority neighborhoods and organizes a following. And when his following gets big enough, then he pressures the Jews to accommodate him and his followers politically. And uh, Muhammad becomes a political leader. And when his followers in Mecca get chased out of town, Muhammad allows them to rob the caravans headed back to Mecca. And that's when he became a military leader fighting in 66 battles um, in, in, in the next few years before he dies. And so this transition of going from a religious refugee to a politically uh, person to a military person, it's sort of like RPM in your car, right? Instead of revolutions per minute, it's religious, political, military. And But the idea is of uh, uh, there's a 1,400-year track record of seeing where they'll first come into a host country as a um, uh, as a victim of uh, refugee status, uh, as an immigrant, and it's sort of the infiltration stage. And the first generation of those are, are genuinely uh, wanting to just survive, and but then they have kids, and then they get the imams, and then the imams begin to radicalize them, and they transition into viewing the host country as something that needs to be changed. And so then they would agitate politically and then they would break out in random violence. And so um, the previous inhabitants would no longer feel safe and they'd move out. And so you see this over and over again, where they first come in as immigrants into maybe, you know, Minnesota or whatever, the different Detroit. And, and then they, um, they grow in size and get involved politically. And then you read instances of random outbreaks of violence and the previous inhabitants of the neighborhoods no longer feel safe and they move out and they take over the neighborhood. I mean, uh, you know, in nature, you would call that an, an invasive species, but um, it's a, a process that's observable, 1,400 years of this process. And they didn't just do it uh, the, into Jewish and in Christian areas, they did it into India, which was Hindu. And so they had hundreds of different Hindu gods and when, uh, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth century, the first Muslims started coming in, uh, they thought, well, this is another religion. We got lots of gods, lots of religions. Fine. The water's warm. Jump on in. And, and the, the Hindu mind could not conceive of an exclusive religion. It, it, no, it's just our Islamic way. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, come on. Everything's going to be fine. No, they couldn't conceive of that. And so as a result, they took over all of northern India. And uh, and so the 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 Western mind of tolerance is that they, they the tolerant Western mind cannot conceive of an exclusive ideology. Like we'll tolerate this, we'll tolerate that, we'll tolerate that, we'll tolerate transgenders, we'll tolerate anything. And then here comes a group that you're tolerating, and they come in and they literally want to destroy you. It's like yeah, right, it'll fine, it'll be fine. They'll be because come on in. No, no, literally, they they want to. They feel like their belief system is superior. And they have a concept that when your enemy is strong, you retreat and bide your time. When your enemy is weak, that's Allah indicating to you that it's time for you to attack. So we think of our tolerance as niceness. The fundamental ones view that as weakness, and they take that as an indicator that they're supposed to be um, aggressive. And um, it's the law of nature. Uh, you know, you can have a, a, a wolf. Uh, and there's a, a, a zebra. And as long as that zebra is healthy, but if it shows weakness and it's limping, that's an indicator to the, you know, the lion or the wolf, they're supposed to attack. Uh, and um, 
So weakness invites aggression. Um, and uh, yeah, so these tactics are observable. It, it's a 1400 year track record of it. And, uh, but unfortunately we don't know history. You're right. And as our military was diverted or our intelligence, and I guess the Mossad and the IDF was also diverted from focusing on the real enemy into focusing on climate change and wokeism, uh, they weren't paying attention. And well, that, and then as far as the, the current situation, you have a Biden gave Afghanistan to the Taliban and to the Chinese. Um, but all of the weapons that we left in Afghanistan made those fundamentalist Muslims the most armed group in all of Central Asia. And uh, the thinking is that a lot of those weapons found their way to Hamas. Oh, and yeah. then yeah. Biden is, and Obama have been giving billions of dollars to Iran. And they've been using that money to finance their nuclear weapons. And just recently, um, on 9-11 of all days, Biden gives them billions of more dollars. And when it was asked that they not use any of this for military purposes, they responded by saying, we'll do whatever we want with this money. And so there's the Iranians are now requesting permission to cross over different uh, borders of countries so that they can join in the fight against Israel using weapons and money that they got from American money from Biden and Obama. And then Ukraine. So Ukraine and Russia, um, they've been intermarrying for a thousand years. Um, and so the U.S. government under Obama and Biden have been sending money to Azov, A-Z-O-V. It's a neo-Nazi group that's basically an Antifa BLM type group, but only over there. So in America, you have the, the Democrats have this arm to their party called the Antifa and BLM, and, and they have a reputation of, of stirring up violence. And um, and so the you, the, the Azov is, is that equivalent. And so it's it's stirring intentionally wanting to heighten the tensions by it, uh, inciting further violence because they actually want to have a, a World War Three so they can do their Great Reset. Um, but a whole lot of the Azov fighters are fundamentalist Muslims. You can't have this amount of people who are hating America uh, living here in harmony and peace with Americans. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Bill, I want to thank you so much. Uh, always a wealth of information talking to you and love to have you back again because history cannot be erased. Otherwise, we will be suckered into doing exactly the same thing over and over again. Tell everyone where they can find your wonderful newsletter and folks get involved and get Bill's newsletter. It is so important. Yeah, no, well, thank you. And of course, coming across our southern border are Mexicans and Latin American people that genuinely want to try to have a better opportunity. But amongst the groups, you have Chinese and Islamic terrorists coming across the southern border. And the thought is that they may be sleeper cells waiting for a signal to attack neighborhood by neighborhood. But um, anyway, uh, Jesus says wheat and tares grow together till the harvest. So you're always going to have this conflict. Uh, this is just our turn. But um, it does say to be prepared and, and to get involved. Um, so my website's AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. And uh, we've talked about several books. The one I have, Whatever American Needs to Know About the Quran, another one on socialism. 
But um, I also sent out a free daily email called American Minute. And thank you for that email. It is wonderful. Folks, uh, this is Karen Schoen. And unfortunately, we are at the end of the show. And as Bill said, we have to be prepared. We can't be sticking our head in the sand and be naive anymore and think that it's not going to happen here. Israel does not need um, our arms. Israel needs our support. So please pray for Israel. And the only way to get rid of these people is to get rid of them. There is no way. You cannot assimilate. They are not going to love you. They're not going to be involved in anything that you want for the good, because as Bill said, they think they are superior. So be prepared. Don't be naive. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Get your kids out of those public schools where they are learning nothing other than hatred. They must be involved. They must be prepared as well for life that is going to be following. And they are not uh, becoming and and accepting climate change and uh, transgenderism in a world that is filled with hate is not going to cut it. So you know what to do, folks. We'll see you again next week. America, don't tread on me.